calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. The Rookie is a free serialized audiobook meant for mature audiences. Written and performed by number one New York Times bestselling novelist Scott Sigler. For links to order a young adult version of this book without all the cussing, in print, ebook, or audiobook, visit scottsigler.com slash the rookie one word. This podcast contains mature situations, adult language, and lots and lots of violence. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, junkies. Happy Thanksgiving to you. And if you don't celebrate Thanksgiving, Happy Day of the Jerky! I hope you ate too much and got to spend some time with friends and loved ones. And if they ain't around, I hope you reached out to them with a call or a text. What am I thankful for, you may ask? Well, besides my stunningly gorgeous bald dome, I'm thankful for you, Junkie. A real girl herself and I got a sweet little life cooking away here in SoCal. And we know we gots it because you are an absolute pimp. Thank you for listening. Thank you for spending your time with my work. Thank you for buying my stories when you can. And most of all, thank you for spreading the Sigler Stank. I appreciate it when you share my gooey goodness with all you know. Sigler Stank is a lot like cranberry sauce, except it's a bit more metaphorical and it tends to cling to your underparts like the glaze of a donut. Gobble, gobble, my friends. Gobble, gobble. Here we go with the final episode of the rookie adult version. It's always a bit emotional when one of these things comes to an end, even though this story's been out before. I hope you have enjoyed it. I've got a lot of emails and social media comments from people that they are uh, happy they got to listen to the original one with all the swears. There's no shortage of swears in this final, final episode. If you're not subscribed to the podcast, you should be, because brand new, never-before-heard or read fiction is coming your way in December. Every Sunday will be something that is brand new. I wouldn't want you to miss it because that might make Santa mad at you. And we all know what happens when Santa gets mad at you. Podcast subscription links are at scottsigler.com slash subscribe. Please join us next Sunday for the Rookie Q&A episode. Let me get you caught up on the story so far, and then we're all going to make someone else shove their hand into that dead bird and pull out the giblets. Previously on The Rookie. Quentin stepped in at running back for the game that could send Ionath to Tier 1. With the Krakens down 17-14 and struggling late in the game, Don Pine just put all the blame on Q's weak running performance. 
The final episode of The Rookie brings a riveting end to this quarterback versus quarterback feud and an end to book one of the Galactic Football League series. Quentin lined up in the I formation, right behind Tom Perlis. He was so mad he could barely see, barely hear the snap count. So now he knew what kind of a man Pine really was. Screw all the favors Quentin had given him. Screw the fact that Quentin had saved the man's reputation and career. Because when the going got tough, Donald Pine passed the buck. Green, 28! Quentin couldn't even stand the sound of his voice. How could he have been so stupid? to give up the quarterback spot for the biggest damn game of the year. Hell, he'd asked Hokor to make this happen. Green, 28! Well, he and Pine would settle up once this game was over. That old man was going to get his. That was for damn sure. Hot, hot! Quentin drove forward and to the right as Perilous stood, hands out to pass block. On the screen pass, Quentin's job was to block down the defensive tackle, then bounce outside and wait for the pass. K.O. Keyware and Vukowil, the right guard and tackle respectively, would make a half-hearted block, enough so that the defense could go right by, then bounce to the right and block for Quentin. The defensive line would chase after Pine, who would back up, drawing them in. When Pine threw the little dump pass to Quentin, those same defenders would be too far away from the play to do anything about it. Quentin ran up as Choco Thillet, the all-pro defensive tackle, spun around Vukowil's pseudo-block. I'll show you, Pine! Quentin launched himself forward just as Choco Thillet finished his spin. Quentin's elbow smashed into the key lineman's helmet, snapping his head back. Choco Thillet stumbled, then fell to the ground. The world decelerated. Quentin bounced to the right and looked back. Three defensive linemen closed in on Pine, who backpedaled and looked confused. The linemen gathered and shot forward towards the scrambling quarterback, who at the last possible second deftly tossed a floating pass. Quentin watched the ball in total fascination. It moved so slow, he could read the small letters burned into the ball, Riddell, GFL licensed, and count the pebbles in the leather grain. The ball slowly spun towards him, until his hand seemed to reach out and pull it in like an old friend. He turned upfield. Vukowell and K.O. Kiewer, his offensive linemen, were already in front of him, two biological bulldozers moving forward on multi-jointed legs. Kipper the assassin, the linebacker, tried to cut past Vuko, but the key lineman managed to get a partial block. Kipper spun and stumbled by, off balance but reaching for Quentin. Quentin switched the ball to his right arm, reared back with his left, and delivered a crushing forearm to the linebacker. Kipper's feet came out from under him, and he went down hard. Quentin stayed behind K.O., who ran as fast as his little key legs would carry him. The defensive back, Jerong, tried to reach Quentin, but she was fighting off a running block from Scarborough. Montague, the cornerback, came free, but had a bad angle. She tried to make a cut around K.O. Keywear, but the lineman gathered at the last second and launched forward. Even in Quentin's zen state, he heard the crowd's ooh when K.O. Keywear smashed Montague into a limp Sklorno puddle. Quentin cut outside, zipping past Jerong, who couldn't separate from Scarborough's block. Suddenly, 
there was no one left. Quentin sprinted forward, big legs chewing up the yardage. The goal line loomed before him like the gate to heaven. He looked to his left, the free safety Volgograd closing in to try and bring him down. Quentin watched in seeming slow-mo as she gathered for a touchdown-saving leap. Quentin's brain effortlessly timed the Sklorno's dive. When she went horizontal, diving at his feet, he launched himself lengthwise into the air. Volgograd passed by where his feet had just been, her tentacles flailing as she tried to grab a foot, a leg, a shoelace, anything, but came up with only air. Quentin's face mask hit the ground first. He slid forward, realizing suddenly that the grass he looked down upon wasn't green. It was red, the color painted in the end zone. Touchdown, Krakens! A 45-yard pass from Pine to Quentin Barnes! Quentin looked for flags, but saw none. The Harazib signaled a touchdown. He glanced up at the scoreboard. Krakens 20, Earthlings 17. One minute, 31 seconds left to play. His teammates swarmed around him as he ran off the field. The Krakens faithful in the stands were a blur of jumping, screaming excitement. Two sections of anarchy set amidst a stadium of disappointment. Now, it was all up to the defense. As a podcast network, our first priority has always been audio and the stories we're able to share with you. But we also sell merch, and organizing that was made both possible and easy with Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell and grow at every stage of your business, from the launch your online shop stage all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. They have an all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system, so wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. Shopify has allowed us to share something tangible with the podcast community we've built here, selling our beanies, sweatshirts, and mugs to fans of our shows without taking up too much time from all the other work we do to bring you even more great content. And it's not just us. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Shopify is also the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash realm, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash R-E-A-L-M now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash realm. Hi, I'm Alexis Ohanian. You may know me as one of the co-founders of Reddit, But more recently, a large part of my identity is being a father to my wonderful daughters. In my podcast, Business Dad, I hope to open the conversation about working parents a bit. You'll get to hear from a wide range of business dads, from Rain Wilson and Guy Raz to Todd Carmichael and Shane Battier. 
to find out how they balance being a dad with a successful career. Business Dad is available now, so be sure to listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Quentin stood on the sidelines, as far away from Don Pine as he could get. Casey Johansson limped onto the field, and Quentin felt a bond of brotherhood. Even from 30 yards away, Quentin could see the look in Johansson's eyes. He was ready to sacrifice anything to get the win. Horace El Rahim had knocked in the extra point, giving the Krakens a 21-17 lead. That meant the Earthlings had to score a touchdown to win. Horace's following kickoff sailed into the end zone. The Earthlings started their last drive at their own 20-yard line. Pookie Chang lined up as a single back. The Earthlings set up a big set, single back, two tight ends, two wide receivers. John Tweedy moved up onto the line, immediately showing blitz. His right leg twitched with anticipation. Each hand tightened into a flesh and bone mace. Johansson dropped back five steps, limping slightly, then stood tall. Tweedy slipped between the linemen, but Pookie picked him up and knocked him down with a perfect block. Johansson looked right, then turned left and delivered a tight crossing pass to Norfolk, the wide receiver, who caught the ball and ran out of bounds just before Virak the Mean could tear off her head. 12-yard gain. First and 10 at the Earthlings' 32. One minute, 17 seconds to play. Two Krakens, Maya Nicole and Chodo the Bright, ran off the field. Mumo Killui and Tiburon ran on as Hokor switched to a nickel package. The Earthlings again lined up in a big set. Johansson hobbled back in his five-step drop. Quentin looked downfield, his mind on offense, instinctively looking for the open routes. Mumo Killui drove forward with his characteristic unkey-like agility, spinning and thrashing, trying to blast past the double team that held him in check. Johansson felt the pressure, cocked his arm, and delivered another short pass, this time to Bates McGee, the tight end, complete for six yards, Virak the mean on the tackle. Second and four. Johansson signaled a timeout. The clock stood at one minute, nine seconds. The Earthlings huddled up during the timeout, then broke the huddle and formed up in a three-wide receiver shotgun set. The defense settled in like an invading army, awaiting the signal to attack. Johansson stood eight yards back from the line, far enough back that he would have time to look downfield without being hampered by his hobbled leg. The snap. Mumo Killery roared and came forward like a nightmare, two linemen pushing him all the way, yet still he drove towards Johansson. Quentin looked downfield. Norfolk ran a post and was pulling away from Berea. Ah, fuck. Johansson sidestepped Mumo Killowee's madman rush, looked downfield, and saw the same thing Quentin had seen. Norfolk, wide open on a post, headed for the end zone. The undauntable Earthlings quarterback stepped up, cocked his arm, and then there was Mitchnik. The massive, heavy G defensive end came from the blind side. He connected just before Johansson's arm started to come forward. Mitchnik hit him in the small of the back, 520 pounds moving at full speed. Johansson looked like a rag doll bent in half at the spine. The ball flopped away on a wobbly backwards arc. Johansson's body just started to move back to normal alignment when Mitchnik drilled him into the ground. They hit so hard, Quentin wondered if there would be an impact crater. 
the ball descended, hit the ground, and squirted in a spinning dance to the right. It took almost a full second for the offensive and defensive linemen to see the ball on the ground. An offensive tackle lunged for it, but his jointed legs seemed to misjudge the ball's speed. He managed only to hit it, sending it farther into the backfield. The ball bounced back past the 25-yard line like a wildly spinning brown windmill. Time ceased to exist. 250,000 sets of eyes watched its unpredictable motion. 250,000 beings held their breath. Three players dove for the ball simultaneously, and it squirted up into the air, where Mumo Killian snatched it. The rookie defensive tackle scuttled for the corner as the crowd's roar erupted into a combination of excitement and anticipated doom. Puki Chang ran after Mumo Killui as the big key lineman scurried across the 15 and headed for the end zone. Puki's speed closed the distance in less than five yards and he launched on a Mumo Killui's torso. The key lineman sagged under Puki's 310 pounds, but he kept plodding forward. Puki ripped at the ball, ripped at Mumo Killui's eyes, his mouth, at anything desperate to save the touchdown that meant the end of the Earthlings' chances. The moving war passed the 10-yard line. Mumo Kilway reached out his two right arms and lifted Puki Chang right off the ground. Stunned at such a display of power, Quentin watched Mumo Kilway cross the goal line. The ball tucked under his left arm, Puki Chang tucked under his right. The Kraken sidelines erupted into a shouting, screaming, clicking, clacking, jumping melee of exploding joy. Krakens 27, Earthlings 17. 52 seconds to play. Quentin found himself jumping up and down and hugging his teammates just like everyone else. The joy seemed to gush out of him like a volcano, limitless and unstoppable. Tier one, tier one. The extra point team ran onto the field. One more kick and the Krakens were up by two scores with less than a minute to play. The extra point team stopped as whistles blew. Johansson hadn't gotten up. The Earthlings' docks flew onto the field, their med sled floating behind them. They took a quick look at Johansson, then put the med sled over him. The tiny cables shot out, simultaneously immobilizing and lifting Johansson's prone body. The med sled and the docks headed for the tunnel. Normally, all the players would have silently watched the procession, but not this time. This time, they could barely stop themselves from screaming at the docks to get Johansson's weak ass off the field. The extra point team lined up. Quentin found himself standing next to Donald Pine. Nice touchdown run, kid. You ever notice how you play better when you're all pissed off? Quentin stared at Pine for a second, and then it sank in. His face turned red with embarrassment. Even in the biggest game of the year, Pine, the master manipulator, had goaded him into a rage. It hadn't been personal. It had been calculated. Quentin realized that when the rage hit, he'd forgotten all about his battered body, and he had just played football. Quentin smiled as Pine tousled his hair. Together, they turned to watch the extra point. El Rahim knocked it through. Kraken's 28, Earthlings 17. Well, Chick, I think you can say this one is pretty much over. The Earthlings' backup quarterback, Dan Irwine, just isn't the same caliber as Casey Hansen. I think the Earthlings are about as done as a three-day dog turd, Masara. Chick, 
We've only got a few minutes left. Could you just try to knock it off? Masara, you're about as uptight as an anally retentive gay accountant. You know what? I give up. That's, I've had enough of this crap. I'm coming Masara, you can't leave the booth. The game's still on. Well, um, folks, Chick McGee here, now on play-by-play. Dan Earlwine is in the shotgun, and he looks as nervous as a 95-pound Planetary Union virgin anticipating the honeymoon with her 550-pound husband from Voser G. He's got to come up with two touchdowns in less than 40 seconds. He drops back. He's looking. He's looking. He's going deep to Norfolk. The pass is short, and Beret has got it. Interception. That's the ball game, folks. The Earthlings are headed to the showers, and the INF Krakens are headed to Tier 1. An hour after the game, every player remained crammed in the communal center room. Mitchell Fayad's jersey had been taped up to the holoboard. Grass stains darkened the white jersey, as did Quentin's red blood and several streaks of key black. It hung there, a memorial to their fallen comrade, as if Fayad watched over them, participating in their celebration. Pine walked up to Quentin, and they hugged like long-lost brothers. He didn't feel any pain this time. With the game over, Doc had injected several brands of rather efficient painkillers. You did it, old man! No, you did it, kid! Pine's genuine, blazing smile was as different from his shit-eating grin as night was from day. You're a fucking quarterback, man, and you rushed for 64 yards and caught for another 82. You're the hero of the game. Ah, it's an MVP performance, wouldn't you say? <laughs> Sorry, kid. The MVP went to Mumo Killui, three sacks and the fumble recovery for a touchdown. Quentin shrugged and laughed. He'd get his playoff MVP someday. Mumo Killui had savaged the Earthlings' offensive line and sealed the game with a fumble return for a touchdown. He deserved it as much as anyone else. Well, he earned it. Brother, we all earned it. Looks like we're in for another quarterback controversy, Pine, old buddy. Tier 1 season's only a month away. Quentin said it only half-jokingly, but Pine's smile faded. Hey, man, did I say something wrong? Pine shook his head. No, kid, and there isn't a quarterback controversy anymore. You're the guy. Quentin stared at the veteran. Don, you just put the team back into Tier 1. I'm not going down without a fight, but man, you finally did what they brought you here to do. Pine shook his head again. No, I have my chances. I've had five seasons of chances, and I pissed them all away. I wouldn't even be here if it weren't for you. This team won because of you, Quentin, because of your leadership. I used to have that ability, but not anymore. Not, not like you have it. Look around you, man. Any of these beings would follow you straight into hell. And believe me, kid, that's what Tier 1 is. Hell on a football field. They'll follow you. I'll follow you. The words stunned Quentin. Donald Pine, two-time Galaxy Bowl champion, one-time league MVP, was going to be his backup. Permanently. Quentin Barnes, dirt-faced orphan from a backwater planet in a backwater system, would lead the Ionath Krakens into Tier 1. Well, don't just stand there with your jaw open, Pine said his shit-eating grin back on his face. I swear, you Purist Nation guys never shut your mouth. Now go congratulate your teammates. Quentin moved from player to player, thanking them, congratulating them, celebrating with them. It struck him as he danced with Sklorno, hugged humans, clacked his armor off the chest of Key, and butted heads with Quith warriors, the most annoying of all the various races' celebratory habits. He no longer thought of them as aliens. They were Krakens 
pure and simple. They were his teammates, his fellow warriors. He'd been through hell and back with them, fought together on the field and off, killed and been killed, all in the name of winning. Winning together. Winning as a team. Quentin Barnes could never go back to the purest nation. He reveled in the joy of accomplishing his second highest goal. His ultimate goal, winning a Tier 1 championship. Well, he was on a collision course with that now. On a collision course with a Tier 1 championship. The only variable was time. Epilogue. Playoffs Round 3. Krakens versus the Chilich Spider Bears. From the Ionath City Gazette. Hometown hero leads Krakens to championship. Written by Toyot the Inquisitive. Dateline, Earth. Last night, the Planetary Union shook in fear under the weight of the Quith Concordia's newest and best homegrown secret weapon, Itzhak Goldman. Goldman, a human native of Ionath City, led the Krakens to a 24-19 win in the Tier 2 championship game played at the Hudson Bay Stadium on Earth. Goldman, who was named the game's MVP, threw for two touchdown passes on the day, one to Milford and the second to Richfield. Goldman, who has been the third on the depth chart for most of the season, was tapped to lead the team in this critical championship matchup. Kraken's head coach, Hokor the Hookchest, was quoted as saying, We had two injured quarterbacks and Goldman stepped up. Our semifinal game left us with a lot of beat-up players. With the Tier 1 season only a few weeks away, we needed to rest some beings, end quote. Another key performer was Kraken's running back, Yasud Murphy, who posted the first 100-yard game of his young upper-tier career. Murphy picked up most of the yardage on a stunning 44-yard touchdown run late in the third quarter, a play that gave the Krakens a commanding 24-12 lead. The offensive line opened up a huge hole and I ran through it, Murphy said. I'm buying those guys a beer. In fact, I'm buying them a lot of beers. Hey, you want a beer? I'm buying, end quote. Murphy's jubilance was echoed in the Kraken's locker room, where quarterbacks Donald Pine and Quentin Barnes drenched Goldman in the football tradition of a champagne shower. The Krakens move into Tier 1 for the first time in 10 seasons. They don't have much time to rest, however, as the Tier 1 season begins in only four weeks with a visit to the Isis ice storm of the Tower Republic. You have been listening to The Rookie, book one of the Galactic Football League series. Produced by Ariok Morningstar with post-production by Steve Rickyberg. Written and performed by Scott Sigler. For more information on the author and more free stories, go to scottsigler.com. Theme music is the song The Kids Are Coming For You by the band Superweapon, superweaponband.com. You're trying to say You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go.
Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.